Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty league. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and unfortunately, I'm not joined by my faithful co-host, Marcus Raper. Uh, just to give everybody kind of a, an update and everything, Marcus has decided to take a temporary break from the podcast. Uh, just for context's sake, Marcus's sons were involved in a near-fatal car accident just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thankfully, both boys are okay after some broken bones and a concussion, though. Uh, but we're going to continue to pray for his boys as they have a long road of recovery going forward. Uh, and we applaud Marcus for taking this time to focus all of his attention on his family. And so, Marcus, just a heads up, man. I'm looking forward to getting the bros back together in the near future. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to continue on, uh, try to push through these next couple of after NFL draft episodes. And so with that being said, I've asked someone to join me in uh, that has a lot more years of dynasty knowledge than me. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go back and listen to our episode 13, where we had this guy on as a co-host with me and Marcus. Uh, this guy has been playing dynasty leagues before it was cool. He's currently a high school basketball coach and a teacher, yet he finds time to commission several dynasty leagues. And so without further ado, let's welcome in Stephen Debo Deaton to Legacy of Legends. What's up, Debo? What's going on, brother? How are you? Doing good, man. How are you doing this week? Man, we're doing great. Just trying to get rid of, trying to wind down school and get, get summer ball going and and uh, get all these rookie drafts in, to be honest with you. So a lot yeah, going so how on. Ma- how many have you been in this week? <sighs> I think I'm I think I'm on five right now, which I've had I've had multiple owners reach out hey let's start the draft hey let's start the draft and i'm like yeah. <laughs> i'm like man look i got i got like two or three going on right now let's wait till later in the week so yeah, uh, that's kinda... yeah i think i've had i think i've done five um so far so yeah i think i'm sitting at four i believe um we're finishing up one right now the, the league that i commission uh and so it, it's it's sped up a lot the past couple of days uh right um, i'm excited to talk about some of these these rookie drafts with you Stephen, because i know yes. for me man i have seen some people reach like crazy um i have seen players that i did not expect to get drafted get drafted and it's just been it's a fun time for dynasty that's for sure it is uh, so man before we jump into the rookie drafts and all that i do want to do a mock uh draft with you here in a little bit if that's all right but um, let's talk about some of the stuff that happened tonight of the NFL draft, man. Uh, so there was a lot of things that went down. Uh, I know the biggest surprise for me was probably the trades that happened in the yeah, first for round. Sure. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch the NFL draft that night? I did. I was. I was watching. Well, my internet was actually messed up that night. And so I was sitting there trying to keep up with it. <laughs> uh, I ended up going. Do you know who uh, Ray GQ is? One of the baby guys. Yeah. And so I was watching his live stream where it was him and like four other guys from Destination <laughs> Debbie. And uh, I saw the the first trade that went down was the Hollywood Brown trade. Uh, he ended up going to Arizona. We'll break that down here in a minute. But, dude, my the funniest thing I saw that night was when A.J. Brown got traded to the Eagles and one of the Eagles fans was on that live stream. And you should have saw this dude <laughs> oh, get up, man. start running around his room. Uh, it was it was nuts, man. I bet. Uh, so let's let's break down this Hollywood Brown trade first, Stephen. How, how do you okay. feel about Hollywood Brown going forward, being paired up with Kyler Murray now, especially especially with the D Hop suspension that just got announced? Man, you know you had to think the Cardinals uh, kind of maybe saw that coming, even though we all the rest of us didn't at the time. You know they they may have had yeah. some word on the D Hop stuff, you know, uh, on draft night. Um, so 
I don't know, man, with, with D-Hop being gone for the first uh, – was it six games? Uh, yeah, six games. Uh, so, with him being gone for the first six games, I mean, the door is wide open for Hollywood to kind of, you know, take on a little role there and, and maybe explode with Kyler like he did in college. So, um, yep. I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch it. I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Kyler – I think Kyler's a better thrower of the football than Lamar. Um, so, it's just going to be excited. To, it's going to be exciting to see for sure. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. I know for me, I don't think out of my eight or nine dynasty leagues, I don't think I have a single Hollywood Brown share. And so uh, I know for me, it doesn't really bother me much or excite me much that he went to the the Cardinals. I will say, though, going from a run first team to a pass first team with Kyler and them, uh, dude, I'm excited for him. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think it's going to be good. I think if you got him in dynasty, uh, man, I would – I would hold on to him for about five, six weeks before D-Hop comes back, and I would sell super high. I'm a little upset with myself because there's been a few times this offseason that I've kind of kicked the tires on Hollywood, and I never did pull the trigger. Mm. And now and now I'm wishing, you know, obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, but I'm wishing, man, I should have just – I should have just uh, – I should have just pulled the trigger on a couple of those. So, but, you know, that's that's how the game is. and, and but, I, but I do think it's going to be exciting to see – uh, and uh, on the other side of that, Bateman is going to have a huge uptick, in my opinion, with Baltimore, um, oh, with with Hollywood gone. I mean, you, you and I have talked about Bateman a little bit, not since this trade, but we both like him a lot. And there, there's no way this does anything but increase his value moving forward. Man, ba- I'm a Bateman truther, and you know that. But, dude, ever since the rookie drafts last year, I remember in one league that uh, that Kelby's in with me, I traded away, I think it was A.J. Dillon and Tevin Coleman uh, to go get a second-round pick and draft uh, Rashad Bateman. And just because, like, his his size, man, and what he can do with the football, I think we saw, like, sparks of that last season. But like what you said, now it's only him and Mark Andrews. And so Bateman, Bateman's one of those guys where – I easily think he could sneak into being a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, like in the, in the near future. I really do. I agree. Uh, so let's talk about this big one, man. Uh, I heard every single one of the Tennessee Titans hearts break after this news was released that AJ Brown ended up being traded to the, uh, I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles. And mm-hmm. so I, me personally, I think I have maybe two shares of AJ Brown and Going from Tannehill to Hurts, I'm not really that upset about it. Uh, I know Hurts is a, a runner, and you don't really have that in, in the Titans. But then again, the Titans is a run for offense, just like uh, Baltimore is. And so, which, uh, Philadelphia is not really that much of a difference, if we're honest. Uh, but for me, man, I still think Brown's going to be the, the alpha dog there. Uh, I think that he's still going to eat. He's still going to get his PPR points. And if he does anything like he did towards the end of last season, I'm still happy to have him as my wide receiver one. What about you? Man, see, I just think that's that Bama coming out in you that likes him pairing up with Hurts. I just don't know, God, man. You, I, I mean, I named I my just, kid after the guy, I bro. Don't I got know. Have some Jalen love. <laughs> Look, I'm t- I just don't know. I, I, I was talking to uh, somebody about this uh, just today, and we both agreed that I think I think that trade hurts everyone except yeah, Hurts. Okay, like I agree with that. Like AJ Brown's a tick down. Devontae Smith's a tick down now. And so I think the only one that helps really is, is Jalen a little bit, you know, because it's obviously they're going to have to account for Devontae. They're going to have to account for A.J. Brown. They're going to have to account for Goddard. They're going to have to account for Miles Sanders in the backfield. You know, and they're obviously they'll account for Jalen too, but that's just another huge weapon for mm-hmm. Jalen to spread the field and use his legs. So I, I, I just think it's a tick down for all the receivers and, and a tick up for Jalen. But that's just that's my personal opinion on that. 
No, I get it. And my thing is, too, is like I know being a Bama truther and everything, uh, it kind of is this may be a hot take, but it kind of excites me a little bit about Devontae Smith, because what I saw from him last year is like I, I do think that like I, personally, I think he fits more of like the beta role in an offense. I think is I think is a solid number two option. Uh, I mean, dude, won the Heisman is a great athlete and stuff. But if if he's double covered, I don't think the guy can get open. He's not physical enough. Uh, so having A.J. Brown to pair with him, I think it's going to actually kind of help him with the opportunities that he does get. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. And that's that's something that's kind of odd, though, which you mentioned uh, Jalen Hurts and a Bama fan is like they, what I've noticed is, is both Bama quarterbacks of the, of the past couple of years, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungvaluwa, the the offensives are actually starting to, to pour into them and saying, hey, look, we're getting you weapons do something with it. And if you yeah, don't do something with it, we're fixing to move on from you. I completely because, agree. Because I think Philadelphia, they they still didn't give up their two first rounds next year. I think they still have yeah. them. Yeah. And so they could very easily just move on, go get a – who knows, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, you know, whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. I, 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 and I like what they're doing. They're not – they're not you know, these, these second, third-year quarterbacks like Tua, like Jalen, I mean, Zach Wilson, even the second-year quarterback now, yep. man, they're, they're going all in for these guys to compete. Like, we're, look, we're giving you weapons. If you don't do it, it's on you, you know, and we will Absolutely. move on in another direction. And I, I think that's good for fantasy too. Like, you know, it's not like one of these wait-and-sees for, you know, four or five years down mm-hmm. the road, six years, and we're like, well, we finally give them a little weapons. They're doing it now. They're like, here's your weapons. Let's do it. And, and you can kind of tell the guy that, that, that teams have the mindset of we're either fixing to do it or we're going to move on from you. So yep. they don't want to have the second coming of Baker Mayfield again. <laughs> Look, I still got hope for <laughs> Baker. I still got a little hope for Baker. Oh, Come on man. now. It, he, uh, he, the poor guy had to start with the Browns. It's the Browns. Know, it's just, Come on. I know. Yeah. Uh, so who knows, man? Maybe them going out and getting a superstar like Deshaun Watson whenever he starts to play in 2024. Maybe he helps their offense a lot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so speaking of quarterbacks, though, I think one of the biggest surprises of the night, something that I did not see coming, was the fact that quarterbacks slipped like crazy in this draft. Man, um, did they ever slip. Dude, and I think that speaks volumes of just like what you were saying, there, <clears throat> that offenses are pouring into these second, third-year quarterbacks because I think whenever they did prospect this class, they saw it as a weak quarterback class. And uh, there's no, There's not a single doubt. There's no single doubt. No, and that's that's one of those things, man. Like, I know uh, a big surprise for me was the fact that Pittsburgh went and got Kenny Pickett at 20. Uh, I, I will say, like, I know he's a hometown kid, and, like, there had to be some percentage that, that was going to happen. But I almost had it penciled in everything that Malik was going there. And so to see Pickett go there, uh, he, he comes into a situation with great weapons. And so maybe it works out for him. I think that uh, I wasn't surprised to see Pickett go there. And I'll tell you why. I think that – uh, just the organization is obviously a great organization. And if you look at who they've had success with in the past, it's going to be a guy kind of like Pickett, you know, yeah, uh, Roethlisberger with so much success there with Tomlin for so many years in that system, in that organization, they've not had, I mean, you know, Ben was a scrambler, you know, in his, you know, when he was in his Younger prime, years. but he wasn't necessarily a runner. He was just a, a scrambler, you know, and, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't know if Pickett can be the scrambler that Roethlisberger really was, but I, I, I really like the landing spot for his development. Uh, I think Trubisky will start 
Um, but I really like the spot for his development, and and I have taken him multiple times in the first round uh, this year in Superflex. Yeah, I would too. And he's a he's one of those guys where I see a very very similar role that uh, gosh who was it Justin Fields and Andy Dalton last year uh, yeah. to where you saw Dalton actually start the first couple of games and then once the opportunity kicked in for Justin Fields to go in there and they go ahead and transition him in I think we saw yeah. a similar I think we're going to see a similar situation yeah I agree. Uh, so why why do you think Malik fell so much man I I really don't know it was kind of baffling to see you know because. You know, I'm a huge Saints fan, and mm-hmm. I'm a Jameis believer. Like, I did not want quarterback. What I wanted was what they did, which is which never happens. I wanted yeah. offensive line. I wanted wide receiver help. I want them to give that defense a chance to win a championship. Now, whether they can do it, they got a long way to go, but they did what they needed to do for the team. You know, they're going to roll the dice with Jameis. They got mm-hmm. offensive line. They got receiver. They, they, they picked up defense. So, so it's going to be great to see. I say that to say to go to circle back to Malik real quick. Uh, I had multiple friends texting me, you know, if the Saints don't go QB here after trading up to eleven, they're they're dumb. That's the dumbest thing a franchise can do. And then he falls as far as he did. And I had people going, why didn't the Saints pick him at eleven? And then when they, you know, when they picked the receiver at eleven, they were saying, well, surely the Saints are going to go QB at eighteen. And mm-hmm. they didn't get eighteen. You know, they picked Penning and. You know, you know, the Saints were the dumbest organization in the world for not going QB. And and then Malik fell all the way to where he fell. Um, so, you know, I think it speaks volumes about that class, like you said. And I think it speaks uh, – uh, I, I think, you know, even, could the Saints have drafted QB? Sure. Jameis is not a sure thing. He's, you know, uh, it, it's definitely a gamble. Um, yeah. So, you know, but I think, again, I think most teams obviously did their homework on this QB class and it just – it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty for them for whatever reason. Yeah, and I think I think for Malik's sake, I think it gives him time to develop. Uh, coming from Liberty, you didn't really play that many tough defenses or anything. I uh, didn't really have that tough of a conference. And so going into the NFL, it gives him time to kind of get used to the competition that's there. Uh, it gives him time to sit behind Tannehill as – no, wait, never mind. I can't be a mentor because Tannehill said that's not his job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think I think it gives him time to just sit there. Now, for me, all right, so let me ask you this question, Steve, because I've heard a lot of debates on this. Uh, I was actually in Dynasty Nerds Facebook chat the other day and was uh, very surprised by the answers that I got. Uh, where do you value Malik Willis right now in a 12-team Superflex League? I have, I have not drafted him, and I've had multiple opportunities to draft him, and I have not. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Pickett over him a hundred times out of a hundred, um, just because of Absolutely. draft draft capital and and opportunity, and, and then team obviously. Um, man, for me, like, I mean, I would draft him late second. I've just not had that opportunity to do that. He's always he's went before before it ever fell to me late second. So yeah. for for me, it, it's just you know if he does fall to me late second, I'll t- I'll take a shot. But he's just never – he's not falling that far in my drafts so far. Yeah, and that's – the reason I brought that up is I posted into the Dynasty Nerds uh, chat the other day and just uh, did a poll. And I, it was actually about your league. And I was like, hey, I'm at the 204. Um, I'm like, these are the players that's available. How, what's the community looking like? And we're just trying to get a consensus on it. And when I did, I was really, really surprised that Malik went as much as he did, which honestly I didn't really like a lot of the other players that were there uh, – like a lot Mitchy, but 204 is kind of a, a reach for me. 
But uh-huh. uh, looking at it and stuff, and I was like, man, you know what? I got Jimmy G as my third quarterback. I can I can spin this up on on uh, on Malik and just kind of see what's there next year, you know. And so yeah. that's what I did. But man, the comments on there were saying that he's still worth a mid first, late first. How did he get? How did he fall all the way to two hundred four? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't see that. Like, you can't tell me that you're going to sit there at 106, 108 in a 12 team Superflex and draft a quarterback that fell all the way to the third round just because of his talent. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what it's just that pre draft hype that was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I, he, hugely, and, and as much as some of these truthers don't want to don't want to hear it. Draft capital matters. When you're drafted in the NFL mm-hmm. draft, it matters. If you go in the first round, it matters. If even yep. if you're even if you're not good, you're going to have the opportunity, whether you're good, whether you're not good, to do something. When you're drafted in the third round, you may not never get the opportunity. Absolutely. So, so it, it it's huge, huge that he fell that far. It, it does if he goes in the first round, sure, he's going mid first, early first, even. But he wasn't. He fell all the way to the third, and and draft capital, it's it's a huge deal. Yep, and that's that's I'm, I'm very similar to where you are on that. I uh, I reached and picked them at two oh four. I really wasn't happy about it, but I didn't like my other options there. But uh, I'm kind of like you, mid to late second. I, I pulled the trigger on that. Um, I saw him fall all the way down to uh, 410 in a one quarterback, 10 team league. Uh, I've seen what's him a, make what's, it. What's, what's a one quarterback league? How does that go? How does that work? It's, it's for beginners of leagues I don't want to leave yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a uh, man. I'm, I took over an orphan team, man, it was two years ago and currently sitting with like Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, Javante. And I'm I'm really trying to see this thing through. And it's, I hear it's you. I hear you. <laughs> man. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think uh, them quarterbacks, man. I don't know. I'm I'm cool taking a late late round stuff. Who who do you think the quarterback is outside of Kenny Pickett that has the best chance to start this year? Who would you say? Uh, the best chance to start this year outside of Kenny Pickett. It's got to be Ritter, right? I mean, that's he, behind Mariota. Yeah, I mean, he's in Atlanta behind Mariota. Mariota's just Mar- – I mean, he's, you know, he's not yeah, good. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. He's not good. So, you know, I mean, I think he's probably got the best chance to start and maybe even uh, week one. So, I, I would yeah. give the nod to him. I, you know, I think Corral maybe, but, again, draft capital matters. And Ritter was before, yeah. you know, Ritter was in the second, right? And so, I, I you know, I think uh, – second quarterback off the board and 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 if i'm not mistaken is that right and and yeah. uh, so i just think draft capital matters i think he's going to have a chance to start week one and then i think it's very possible he does man just for me I, I do not like ritter i don't know what it is about him maybe it's the fact that he looks like he's 45 years old but <laughs> i i have stayed away i can't help it uh, i don't have so it, i don't own a single share and I, you know he 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 has promised a super bowl before he leaves Atlanta. lol so, <laughs> you, can't, you can't sit there and do that, man. That, that never works out. <laughs> never. Oh, uh, so let's let's begin breaking down this rookie class a little bit, Stephen, and kind of okay. seeing, uh, you know, who your biggest risers and followers and stuff like that is. So if we're looking just strictly at rookies, who do you think your biggest riser is, just based off of draft capital, uh, maybe landing spot, whatever it may be? It's this is this is a really hard question. So, so you sent me a little outline earlier this week, and I was trying to do a little bit of a home my homework, and and I got to thinking about this, and it's it's really hard to answer because I think there's a few risers. Um, I think Jamison is a huge riser. 
Um, oh, yeah. He rises up, man. And not that he was going to be – I think he was probably late late first anyway. Okay. Just the – just the landing spot and opportunity that he's going to have there. I think he, I think, I think he's, uh, you know, he's obviously, I've seen him go in the upper echelons of, you know, 103 even. Um, so I think, uh, I think he's a pretty big rookie riser just with the, the landing spot. And then, and then I'll give you one more. Uh, I really think, I think Pickett was a huge riser. He had to be mm-hmm. right. First quarterback yep. off the board to a really good organization and everybody and their mom thought Willis was going first, and 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 of course we've we've talked about that. But I but I but I think I think Pickett was a big riser too. Yeah, and I think for me it's probably John Mechie. Um, man, I saw a bunch of mocks before the draft that had Mechie going third, mid third round in a bunch of the rookie drafts, and I've seen him taken as as early as early second. Uh, and to be honest with you, in Houston, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and the reason I say that is, is because what Houston has Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and that's really about it. And so, I mean, for that, I, I, I like Mitchie as a, as a prospect. I think he's going to be really good. Um, I think once he gets back from his injury, just like Jameson Williams, um, that may just be the Alabama truth are going to be coming out. But I, I think Mitchie's going to have a pretty good, pretty good career there in Houston. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, and this ain't on the outline, but just kind of off the top of your head. Okay. Who, who do you think has is the most overrated rookie right now? Uh, somebody getting overdrafted. Let's just say that. Because I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my take real quick, and that can give you time to think on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James Cook, and like, <laughs> I, dude, I, I get, I completely, one hundred percent understand that he went to Buffalo, and I know that it may not be hard to beat out Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Get that. And supposedly they're going to use him as a J.D. McKissick, James White type role. But, dude, my thing is, is this past week, I'm not even lying to you, I have seen him go 108 in a 12-team league uh, Superflex. The the craziest one that I've seen, I saw him go 104 in a one-quarterback league. And, bro, it blew my mind because, like, I I get, like, you want to go best player available. I hate whenever people go team needs. Yeah. but man, James Cook at 104. I was like, all right, this this is getting a little bit too out of hand. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think it's the name, right? I think the fact that he's Dalvin's brother mm-hmm. is really fueling the fire on him. Um, I think the landing spot's okay. I mean, Singletary's not great, but but he's serviceable, you know. And so I I just don't know. Um, I can't, I can't, I will never draft him. He would have never been a first round pick for me. Neither. He was, he was early, early to mid second for me. And I, I he's no, he's not falling. He's not falling there. So no, if, he, if, if, if I was at 202 and he fell at 202, I'd pick him 100%. Yeah. 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 Early to mid second for me, but I'm with you. I've, I've seen him go. I've also, I've, I, you know, was in a rookie draft uh, this week and I, and I saw a trade go down with him. I thought, uh, or I saw a trade go down that I, that I liked the pick where the pick was, and I believe it was 108. And uh, I said, okay, that's a fair trade. And then he picked Cook, and I was like, okay, that's not very good. So, uh, you know, I mean, to each their own, but my personal ranking on him would have not been that. Um, but, yeah, to, to your point and to your question, mine, I, I think I think it's Kenneth Walker. For me, I'm going running back, mm. and, and, I, and I, I say that because I've had the opportunity to draft him early and I've not taken him yet I don't see it I don't you know Seattle's the running back by committee they've still got Carson they've still got Penny now they've got Walker I just don't 
I just don't see him given the bell cow Marshawn days. I think those days are gone. Can he can he be okay? Yeah, I think he can be okay, but he'll never be a, he'll never be the bell bell cow. I have seen him slipping a little bit, but early in my first couple of early drafts, I saw him at one hundred and two. Uh, I've seen it 103, um, but the last two I've done, he's fallen to about five or six. But I still, honestly, I don't know that I'd take him at five or six. So I think he's, I think he's overhyped too. Yeah, and I can agree with that 100. Uh, percent I actually I drafted him the other day at 102 in a league, and the only reason I did is because I have the most stacked wide receiver core ever, and my running back core is actually really good. But I'm planning on just trying to flip him here pretty soon. Uh, let's do the opposite side of this. We talked about biggest rookie riser. Who do you think is your biggest rookie faller outside of Malik? Let's just say that. Okay, yeah, we'll go outside of Malik. It's got to be Malik. I mean, I think that'd be your consensus. But I'm still going to go quarterback, and I'm going to say Corral. Um, I think Corral, um, leading up to the draft, I saw a report the day before the draft uh, on DLF that said Corral could be the – QB one of the class. Um, so the, so the, the fact that there were reports coming out like that, and then the fact that he fell as far as he did, uh, he's going to fall. He's going to be my, my biggest faller. Yeah. And I think for me, it's probably got to be, man, honestly, I probably got to go with Isaiah Spiller. And I know it's kind of a cop out, but uh, man, for me, I've seen him go like late second and stuff like that, but I, I still can't mm-hmm. take a chance on the guy. And I don't know what it is about that landing spot, uh, being behind that, like uh, Austin Eckler and stuff, which I, I do think he can be serviceable. And I, I do think that, like, Eckler is on his last leg. I will say that. But is Spiller the answer? I don't know, you know. But I think I think his his fall has been tremendous because I I fully expected him this time last year to be 102, 103. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and then seeing kind of what, what fell since then, it hasn't been fantastic. Yeah. I'll say this about Spiller, and then we can move on. I've drafted him once, and I think um, when you look at the situation, he's going to be tied to Herbert. I don't mm-hmm. know how much time Eckler has left, but really one thing that drew me to Isaiah Spiller was you know he's talented and his age. He's only 20 years old. And yeah, you, look at nice. some of these, you look at some of these other backs, 20, you know, uh, Kenneth Walker, he's already 21. Uh, one of one of my one of one of my other main ones, White, that went to Tampa Bay. He's already 23 years old. So yeah. you tell me in three years, what do you think Eckler's going to be in three years? He's, defi- he's definitely going to be on his last leg then. And so then you're going to have Spiller, who's only 23, been in the you know in the in the system there. So uh, you know I, I see the age thing there. That's the only thing that draws me to him a little bit if he falls where I need him to fall. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like, if you're a league winner and you've got that 112, even possibly like 212 if it slips or moving up, trading back, whatever you have to do. But if you're a champion and league winner and then he's sitting there and you can actually let him develop a little bit because of your team is win now, dude, mm-hmm. 100% understand it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing, man. I, I completely get it. My, my thing is, too, and this, this may be my opinion, uh, man, I, I hate this draft class. I think it is very, very top-heavy. Um Personally, I think outside of the top and eight nine picks, yep. I think it is a humongous drop off. Massive, and massive. So, like for me, I had I had two oh four in a one quarterback league today, uh, the league that I commission. And for it, I was sitting there two oh four looking before the draft started the day, and I was like, man, I don't like any one of the options here that could possibly fall to me. And mm-hmm. so I ended up trading away Gabriel Davis and two oh four, 
and got back in return Chenault and Ayuk. And I was I was happy with that. Like yeah. I, I and so for it, I just I don't I don't like what I see there in the second round. Uh, and so I'm I'm cool just trying to get some bets. Um, anyway, speaking of bets, let's uh, let's talk about some bets real quick. Uh, after the NFL draft, who do you think is the biggest veteran winner? The person that's kind of scathed by uh, unharmed. Man, it, this is I don't know that you can say. Um, that he's necessarily scathed by unharm because I, I don't think there was a whole lot of harm uh, that was necessarily going to come to him um, this this year. But it's it, I think my I think I think a big winner for me is is Zach Wilson, um, and I just mm. think it's because the weapons that they're giving him. We talked like about it. this a little bit earlier. Um, they got him, you know, uh, they got him Brees Hall coming in. Uh, they got Elijah Moore still there. He's got weapons. He got Corey Davis. I mean, he's. I think he's. I think he's going to be a huge winner this year. Um, and, and and of course, there's people that hate Wilson. Uh, I've got I've got dynasty friends that absolutely hate him. Um, but you know, I really think he's. I really I really think he's going to have the opportunity um, to show that 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 he can be the guy. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to take that full step. I like him, but you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, and I, I gotta go a similar route, just like we talked about earlier. I probably honestly say Jalen Hurts um, because they could have very easily went out and got him a rookie wide receiver, um, you know. And but instead, what they did is they poured into the man and they said, "Hey, we're going to get you one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, honestly, one of the top ten dynasty wide receivers." And yeah. See what you can do with them, and yeah, so that that, yeah. that offense now is is uh, primed to be a be a breakout offense. Hopefully, yes. Um, you know, w- we talked about this uh, earlier, um, but but Tua too can be considered yeah. a huge winner in the draft because um, because he could have easily. Uh, I don't know that they would have drafted quarterback this year. I mean, obviously the the NFL hated the QBs, but he could have easily been traded. Uh, he could. There's a lot of things that could have happened to him. But instead, they went out and they signed Tyreek Hill. They did a mm-hmm. lot of things to make him a veteran winner this offseason uh, to give him weapons to try to compete and show what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I think another that could fall into this category would honestly be J.K. Dobbins. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I know they got a what they drafted another running back behind him and Tyler Beatty or Batty, whatever his last name is. Uh-huh. Uh, went and got a couple of tight ends, but in reality, like at, with them trading away Hollywood Brown and just having uh, Andrews and Bateman, I, I expect them to really, really pour in the Dobbins in that run game. Yeah, uh, and then kind of make it like Tennessee with the play action. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's do the opposite of this. What about you, Fowler? Man, I'm sticking with my Jets here. Uh, it's it's got to be Michael Carter. I mean, Agreed. the guy goes from probably being the guy, um, and, and he he's not necessarily a quote unquote vet because he's still young, but he had he had the he had some experience and he had opportunity. You know, yep. when you talk about a veteran, you know, a guy that's losing out because of the draft or because of moves here or there. You know, you still expect them to maybe have some some kind of some kind of opportunity or upside, and with man with them landing Brees, he just man his he has hit the basement. Um, so not you know he'll still be fine and he'll he'll get in there and he'll get him some work, but man, pretty big loser in my opinion when you when you talk about things that happen in the draft um, for a player for veteran players. Yeah, and, I, and it's odd because his quarterback is one of the biggest winners. Yeah, but I I agree with you one hundred percent. And I, honestly, I don't 
I don't think it hurts Elijah more that much that they went out and got Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think it kind of gives him a complimentary young wide receiver that he can pair with. Uh, my faller, though, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I told you this while we were on a break while ago. Uh, it's a hot take because I know that there's people out there that are truthers, and I know that there's people out there that say that this guy is a top 25 wide receiver in Dynasty. But I'll be honest with you, I do not like Amon Ross St. Brown after this draft. Oh, come uh, on now. Come on with it. Let's hear dude, it. The, the reason that I say that is is because with them going out and getting Jamison Williams, who obviously is coming off of an injury, uh, he will probably be put on the pup list and won't see the playing field until week six, week seven, hopefully. But at the end of the day, man, like the people that are truthers of Amon Ra and say, oh, well, he's going to have 30-point weeks every single week. That he's a, He's a great wide receiver and stuff like that. If he was a great wide receiver, they would not go out and get DJ Chark and then immediately follow it up with Jamison Williams, who is a true phenomenal talent at wide receiver. Um, honestly, I remember watching the the Georgia SEC game against Alabama last year and really watching that game in the first quarter, the first couple of drives, and being like, dude, Alabama can't get nothing to get going. You know, like I, I don't know what they're going to do. And yep. then next thing you know, I think it was Mitchie went down. And once he went down, Jamison Williams stepped up and yep. dude torched Georgia, who has one of the best defenses in the nation last year. And so for me uh, personally, I think Jamison Williams, like you said earlier, is a phenomenal talent. I think his landing spot in Detroit, eh, it's not fantastic, but I honestly think that he is going to compete with Omnir St. Brown. And I think talent wins out. And I think that because of that, Jamison Williams, I got him over Omnir Ra. And I see Amon Ra being more of a, a complimentary role. You know, somebody that may get you 10 points a game, but those 30 points, 25 points that you were used to last year that won you league championships, I would kind of narrow my expectations a little bit. Preach. Come on with it. Come on man, with can, it. <laughs> okay, stand that joke, man. Man, I'm man, I'm telling you, I, I completely agree with you. You know how many shares I own of Amon Ra? Out of all 10 of my dynasty leagues, zero, zero, not one, Me too. not one. And I won't because I have the exact same sentiments you do about the guy. Um, so everyone go out and draft him. That means he's going to hit. So, uh, because, mm-hmm. because I don't believe in him either. <laughs> Man, so. that's, I had, I had him on one team last year and uh, was weak at tight end. I think all I had was Cole Commit and uh, Higby. And so I ended up just trading him away for uh, Dallas Goddard. And honestly, I'm perfectly fine with that trade after this draft. I, I'm I'm still okay with it. Yeah, sounds. But uh, I, I completely agree. <laughs> man, I'm gonna truthers. I think I think there's a big camp of people who, who who fall under like who like players like that that fall under that category of just people that you can't you can't stand. If you listen to this podcast and whatever platform you're listening on, if you're able to comment, just leave us a comment and and give us a thumbs down. If you if you if you're disagreeing with our take on the Monra in the comments, uh, I want to see how many Monra truthers we got out there. I think I know one uh, that we're in a couple leagues with, but I'm not 100 sure. Oh, I 100 percent know the person you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be fun to see. See if some people leave some comments for us. Oh man, if you could only see the trade request, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this rookie mock draft. All right, so let's put our money where our mouse is, Stephen. 
we've been talking about rookies all episode with the NFL draft and our reactions of it and stuff. So now let's just take time and do a 12-team super flex tight end premium uh, rookie mock draft. And I know that you're probably tired of seeing these just like I am because uh, the hype has kind of wore off a little bit. But yeah. Uh, I know with our listeners, not everybody has five dynasty rookie drafts going on at once in one week. That's uh, true. So with it, let's just take it off. We'll uh, we'll do it pick by pick. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll be odd picks. You be even picks, and then um, we won't have a competition or anything. We'll just kind of see where the players land. Sounds good. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and start it. And so I'm on the clock at one one. This is a super flex league. I am not going Kenny Pickett. Uh, instead, man, I think you got to go the best player in the class, and that's, that's Brees Hall, in my opinion. Uh, like what you said, he falls to the Jets. Um, I think it was a second-round pick – or, yeah, second-round pick. And for him, man, I think he has potential there. He is obviously going to take Michael Carter's uh, job, in my opinion. Uh, he may not be a true three-down back quite yet because I think Carter does get some of that receiving work. But at the end of the day – I think that they knew what they got in Brees Hall, who is, from my understanding, his prospect grade was very similar or if not better than Jonathan Taylor's. And so we'll we'll kind of see what the future holds for this guy. So I'm going Brees Hall. Is he still your consensus one one? Yeah, he's there. I haven't gotten uh I haven't got to draft him because I have not had the one one anywhere. Um, but but I hate he, 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 I have not seen anyone else go one one in the entire uh, over my five rookies, I've not seen anyone else uh, go one-one. Uh, it's been Brees Hall across the board, uh, and that's the only that is the only pick that has been cons- you know consensus. Uh, agreed. Uh, uh, Brees Hall at one hundred and one. So I agree completely with you there. So who are you looking at at one hundred and two? I think one hundred and two, man. I, I, I'm going to pay. I had one hundred and two today earlier in the draft, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and go with that same pick that I had earlier um, today. And that's Drake London. Um, mm. I, I, I took him, man. Not that I, I, you know, pre-draft I didn't love the player. I, I know there's talent there, um, but again, it's one of these opportunity things, man. He lands in a spot where he probably is immediately the wide receiver one, uh, with Ridley's situation being suspended. Yep. I think he, I think he lands there, and his opportunity is is through the roof. Uh, I, I think there's some question, obviously, on who's going to throw him the ball. Um, but I think I think his opportunity there is is the one one. He's got the frame. He's got the body. He's got he's got lots of tools and things going his way. And also, you know this. We've talked about it tonight. Draft capital is a huge thing for me, and he's got it. He's got the draft yep. capital. So my one my my second is is Drake London. Yeah, and he would have been in this category for me as well. I think there's about probably three wide receivers here that I classify as tier one, maybe four. Uh, but for this man, Drake London, I think Atlanta is going to build around him and Kyle Pitts. And both of them are kind of similar in their size. Both of them are humongous athletes and are very, very physical in what they do. So I, I, I like that pick. Uh, for me here at the three spot, I'm going to go with my wide receiver one of the class, who it was before the draft and after the draft. Don't really like the landing spot that much, but as far as talent, I think that he is going to come in to the Tennessee Titans and feast, and that is Traylon Burks. Man, uh, I love it. I, I love it. I love the pick there. I think you're correct. Uh, with with the departure of A.J. Brown, he, he's another one similar to Drake London as to where he's going to go in and immediately uh, have the opportunity to be the wide receiver one. Yep, I ended up drafting him at 106 this week and was Ooh, very, very pleased. I love it. Yes, I love it. All right, so who are you looking at here? 
All right, 103, uh, 104, I'm sorry, excuse me, 104. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going with another wide receiver. I think this class is, is, is wide receiver heavy, heavy at the top with, with tons of talent, and, and we've talked about it just a minute ago. Um, um, my 104, I'm going, I'm going Jamison Williams. Uh, I love the guy. I love the spot. I think he's, again, another one who has opportunity to take over the number one role. We all know Monroe St. Brown's not good. Um, so we're going to just roll with Jamison Williams at that 104 spot. And I think, I think, um, you know, I've actually had the opportunity to take him later, just like you talking about Burks. I've, I've grabbed him at the 106 spot. I've grabbed him at the 108 spot. Mm-hmm. But I really think he should be going up here uh, at the top of these rookie drafts um, right behind the two that we've picked uh, before here. So me and Marcus are, are in a one-quarterback league with a bunch of people who's never played Dynasty before. And um, – You'll never guess where Jamison Williams fell to in this draft. Oof. The Man, two, it's gonna make me mad. Two oh five. Oof. Yeah, Marcus ended up stacking Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams, and I about threw up whenever he did. Oh my gosh! How did he go? How did he fall that far? What were y'all doing? Y'all didn't have the picks. You didn't. You weren't trying to trade. No, I, traded, I traded away my second for uh, DeAndre Swift. I'd have been given. I'd been given my soul to try to trade into that late Man, first, early dude. second to to draft him. So he ended up. I think. Uh, yeah. The let me hang on a second. I'll exit out of this. I can actually pull up and tell you some of the players that went before him because I was a. Uh, I was shocked, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, one guy was on auto pick, and so I think Commish just started giving them the worst players. Uh, let's see. All right, so your 1-1 one, one was Brees Hall. 1-2 was Kenneth Walker. 1-3, James Cook. 1-4, uh, wow. Drake London, Garrett Wilson. 1-6, Brian Robinson. Gross. 1-7, uh, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Rashad White. Ugh. Christian Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Snoop Connor. Oh my God, that's Ole Miss fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Trey McBride, and then Jamison Williams. Let me—I t- can't tell you uh, the amount of times uh, this week in the leagues that I commish where some of these later rounds uh, guys were messaging me. Uh, they were wanting all these. Uh, they, I mean, they were wanting all the Ole Miss players. Like, give me Jerry and Ely, give me Snoop Connor, give me uh, all these guys. They're trying, like, you know, I don't see them on the list. I'm like, well, there's a reason they're not on the list. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think because uh, um, where, where does Snoop Snoop ended up at uh, Jacksonville, right? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, I got one five, <laughs> and uh, I mean. Uh, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Uh, for me, I chose Kenneth Walker the other day at 102, but the oh. more that I the more that I look at it and the more that I look at this class, I agree with you. I like these wide receivers, and honestly, Garrett Wilson is a wide receiver to where some people have him as a wide receiver one in the class. I me mean, personally, I don't. But Absolutely. If I, Absolutely. If, if I was sitting at 1-5 and Garrett Wilson was there, honestly, I'm drafting him. And so that's who I'm. That's who I'm rolling with yep. here at 105. I, I like it. I think there's a lot of people, like you said, they have him as they had him as the wide receiver one of the class, and they still uh, maybe talent wise have him there. I, I know the landing spot wasn't sexy, um, but mm-hmm. but it was it was it was good enough. And and I and I think his talent. I think a lot of people are hoping his talent just shines through. 
and that Zach Wilson can get it going. Like I said, um, is one of the reasons he's 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 my big veteran winner. Uh, he, you know, they drafted yeah. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson for him. Um, so so again, I, I I like it. I like the spot there at 105. I think it's a great pick at 105. Um, at 106 for me, again, I'm I am not. I, I'm just not a fan of, of Kenneth Walker. I'm actually going receiver again, and I'm going to yeah, go with Olave. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I got to go Olave. I mean, I don't I, I don't own him anywhere. I've not had the opportunity to draft him, uh, just because it's just not fail for me, you know. And 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 I hate it because I'm a huge Saints fan, but I've not had the opportunity to draft him. Um, I was in a league. I, I believe you're in this league with me. I had 107, 109, and uh, I drafted Pickett, and I had 109. So I knew at 108, 109, Jamison Williams and Alave were there. And I thought, I'm getting one of these receivers and I'm going to love either one of them. Yeah. Um, so Alave went. And so I didn't get to get him. So I, uh, you know, I was, you know, ecstatic to get Jamison Williams at, at 109 uh, there yeah, at real. that spot. So, um, but yeah, I was, uh, uh, um, I, I really liked the, the guy, the talent. The, he, he's going to pair extremely well with, uh, Michael Thomas, um, and he's going to give the Saints exactly what they need and a deep ball threat over the top. Um, and, and, and we all know Jameis loves to throw that deep ball. So I, I really like the guy. I like the spot. Uh, I like, I like the, uh, and I like this, I like this draft spot. If you're able to grab him, grab him middle of the middle of the first round, I think you should do it. Yep. And I think here personally is where your wide receiver drop off happens. Um, outside of these, what is it? Five. Yeah, these mm-hmm. five wide receivers mm-hmm. here who actually kind of went back to back to back to back in the NFL draft. Um, outside yeah. of them, yeah. Outside, yeah. outside of them five men, um, if I'm looking at this next tier, uh, I don't really like any of them. If I'm honest, so if I'm sitting here yep. at one seven personally, yep. I'm trading yep. back and getting assets. Um, that's that's just me. But uh, super flex, I'll go Kenny Pickett. I don't care. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 107, I'll take, I, the, I'll take I, the starting quarterback. Yeah, you have to, and I think that's the right move. I've traded up in drafts to draft him here at this spot. Uh, I did it today in a league. I draft. I moved up. I picked up a. I picked up a. Uh, I picked up one eight and two o eight in a league today, and I traded away my twenty three first. I know those twenty three first are golden. Um, but mm-hmm. I, but but it's a it was super flex. Kenny Pickett had fell into he had fallen to 108. Um, so I traded I traded uh, my 23 first for 108 208. So I was able to grab uh, Kenny Pickett at 108. I love it here at 107 as well. I agree with you. Uh, the receiver fall off is very fast and uh, uh, quick um, after those first receivers. Um, and of course, most drafts that I've been seeing, Kenneth Walker has gone by now. Um, so, you know, Pickett is usually falling right here at this 108, 109 spot, uh, cause these receivers go, um, but yeah. I love the spot there. The only quarterback in the first round draft grade. Um, and he has to be a first round draft pick in your rookie drafts, especially super flex, uh, Absolutely. for me, at, for me at 108 here in this draft, I am going to go Kenneth Walker. Um, I think at this point in the draft, at this value at 108, I would take him. Yeah. Um, he has not fallen this far in any draft I've done. Um, but at 108, uh, Kenneth Walker has to probably go here. He probably is the second running back of this class um, when you're looking at it as a, at a draft uh, standpoint and um, um, capital and 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 whatnot. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a good pick at 108. And I, I I like what you said. I haven't seen him go past 105 yet. I'll be honest with you. 
Uh, and I've been in four rookie drafts so far this week. Yep. And I, I think with him, like he would, ne- I don't think he'd ever be here at 108. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but I, I agree for him. No, it's better to, it's better to go ahead and get him be. off the board. Uh, and so yep, looking at yep. one nine, let me see where we're at. Uh, this is where it gets jumbled up, man, because there's there's so many guys that that are one in the same, right? And I think it's like you said a minute ago. If you have the opportunity, you should probably try to trade back right here. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's one of those things because you're going to have people out there that love Scott Moore just based on landing spot. You're going to have people that love Christian Watson based on landing spot, uh, and honestly, you're going to have somebody that's wanting to draft James Cook right now. Yep. And so if I if I got this, I would linger it over them. Uh, for instance, yep. like yep. I, I was in trade talks the other day with somebody. And so uh one nine though, I'll take my uh wide receiver out of this little four wide receiver group that could any of them go. Uh and for me, I'm gonna go with the six five wide receiver, Christian Watson. Yeah, I like um, it. The reason I do that is because I, I think is I'm I'm big on alpha wide receivers, uh yep. Rashad Bateman, you know. Yep. And so I think that he could instantly go in and give Aaron Rodgers at least a little bit of a talent. I mean, he's no Devontae Adams, but he's at least no, something. No. Well, again, he's a receiver that's going to a spot um, where he can thrive. I mean, they have nobody. I mean, they yep. got rid of the number, you know, arguably, maybe not for dynasty purpose, but for just NFL purposes, they, they arguably gave up the number one wide receiver in the league, um, you know, let him go to, to Las Vegas. And so they have to do something to replace him because – you know, I mean, not that, like you said, Christian Watson's not going to replace Devontae Adams. You can't replace Devontae Adams. But, you know, he's got opportunity there to really thrive maybe with Aaron Rodgers here in his last uh, two or three years in the league. Yep, I agree. Um, so, for 110 here, again, we're in this jumbled up spot um, of receivers. Somebody's going to want Cook, like you said. Um, and and let's be honest, I know me personally – in the back of my mind, I'm going, is Sky Moore CEH all over again? So, mm, okay. I, man, I just – I don't know. I, I mean, I, I you know, he's going here. This is his spot late first, early second, usually late first. But, man, in the back of my mind, um, I just – there's something about me that just goes, this could be – this could be – this could be this, the CEH, you know, of receivers. And so I've kind of tried to stay away from him. <laughs> For me, I'm going George Pickens here. Nice. I like the guy. I like the talent. I like the size. I like the, Very the spot. Uh, he's he's going to a spot to where he can he can he's going to be paired up with some other really good receivers. Um, so he's going to have to get he's got his work cut out for him to get on the field. Um, but he's such a talent. He's he's six three, two hundred pounds. Uh, he's he's got tools. He's got a, he, he's got uh, all the all the tangibles to be a alpha wide receiver. Um, he he definitely has wide receiver one upside. Um, if they ever really unleash him there. So I, I like the I, I like him a lot. Um, and especially late in the first round. I think you could I, I think you could I think you could absolutely have a steal right here. Uh, maybe not this year, but definitely in the coming years. Yeah. And I'm uh listening to the fantasy footballers this week where they break down the AFC teams and uh they went through the Steelers and talked about how Deontay Johnson's on a contract year this year. Uh Claypool has two more years of his rookie deal. And the Steelers are known for letting their receivers walk in free agency and it's just kind of recycling through them. I just um, I definitely don't see I could be wrong. I definitely don't see um the Steelers 
paying Deontay Johnson what he's probably going to want. Um, I think yeah, he's I a piece of – I like the guy okay. I think he's a piece of glass, though, and I just don't think he's going to be able to – I don't think he. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to uh, to uh, really swallow what he's going to want as far as money, and so I think yeah. they let him walk. Honestly, I think they trade away Claypool because I know nobody likes him there. Uh, don't like him either. That's why me and you both trade him away in Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I know you're not going to like this pick, but at 111, uh, I can see where people would give Sky more here based on the landing spot and stuff, but I'm going to go ahead and choose James Cook. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a reach, and I know it's kind of contradictory to what I said earlier, uh, but he's one of those to where around this range, you're looking at your Champions League winners from last year. And so, eh, you know, I'm not happy about it, but I'd, I'd, I'd pull the trigger here. Yeah, I, I I like the pick here at 111. I mean, it's it's you know I I really probably would pull the trigger for sure, early second. I think me personally, I'm I'm stabbing at some of these receivers, but I can't knock it uh, here at, at 111. I think it's fair. Um, so you know it, it it's it's fine at 111 here. Uh, for me, 112. I'm gonna go with Dotson, um, the the receiver at Washington. I think uh, again he's got opportunity. Um, they selected him in the first round, 16th overall. Um, I don't think he's as sexy as some of these others as far as his name. And then, yeah, you know, obviously landing spot, you know, who knows about Washington and their quarterback situation this year and things like that. But again, man, he's got he's got he's got draft capital in his favor. You know, he's going to get opportunity to to show what he can do. Um, so I think I think uh, I think he's going to be a good um, you know play here late in your in the first round of your rookie drafts, just because he's going to have opportunity. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's one of those things where um, I've got. I think I've drafted him in two leagues so far. Uh, one at the two hundred two spot. And one uh, right around the same spot, I believe. Uh, but for me, I, I don't see him falling much outside the first round, if I'm honest with you. Uh, that leaves me with good old Sky Moore right here at 201. Yeah, come on uh, with it. Yeah, I got to do it. I, I got somebody else in mind, but I'll, I'll wait till later. So uh, Sky Moore, just being paired up with Patrick Mahomes doesn't hurt. Uh, you got Juju on the other side, MVS, a lot of older players. Uh, I think they put Juju in the slot, maybe. I'm just kind of more of a slot player, too, though. So I'm anxious to see how that offense works with two slot players. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll just kind of see how it goes this year. Yep. All right. So at uh, 202 here for me, uh, man, you're getting into a tier where I just don't have a lot of experience in my own personal drafts right now. I have tried to stay away from this spot because it's just not where I want to be. I don't really like the players here. Yeah, it's a dead um, zone. So, but if I if I have to pick here, I guess I go white. Um, he's this is about the spot he's going. I've seen him go late first in quite a few. I'm not taking him late first. I'm taking every one of the receivers that we just took over him, but I'll go with him here at the 202 spot. Uh, of course he's behind Fournette. Um, Fournette just signed a three year deal. Um, they're trying their win now for sure with Brady there and the vets that they have. Uh, I think he's probably going to carve out a receiving role, but again, I just, you know, he's not overtaking Fournette 
um, yeah. without an injury happening. Um, so, you know, this, you know, I, I guess I give him the benefit of the doubt to take him here, just maybe Fournette's legs start to go maybe the next couple of years and maybe he, he can overtake him, but I don't love it by any means right here. Yeah. I just drafted him in three, one in one league. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I was happy about it. Yeah. I would be, <laughs> I would draft him there and be happy about it too. Um, all right, Steven, it's two Oh three now, uh, it's time to do it. And so <clears throat> my 203 selection in a tight end premium league is going to be a reach, but it is me putting my money on Mr. Trey McBride from Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I like it, uh, especially in these tight end premium leagues. If it's two PPR, he's definitely worth a stash here uh, early, early second. Um, you know, Ertz did sign a big deal there three years. I think he's got two really good years left in him. Um, I, I don't know what kind of role McBride's going to have as long as Ertz is there, but I definitely think he is the future after Ertz. Um, so I, I can't knock it here. I think I think if you uh, are playing the long game, he's he's the great pick here. Uh, he's got the tools. He, he, he definitely could be uh, – um, a, a, a centerpiece for them uh, as far as tight end goes uh, in the near future. Um, yep, I agree. For me at 204, man, I got to go David Bell. Um, I knew that was coming. I think, I think he's, he, you know, when you talk about fallers, he's a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, there was this time last year, if you were looking at uh, college player rankings, if you're looking at any kind of Debbie rankings, if you kept up with college at all, as far as uh, what, what some of these guys uh, draft uh, status and prospects and things would be, he was at the top of the list. I mean, he was, he was like, you know, second wide receiver, first wide receiver, second, third wide receiver. And some of these Debbie um, rankings that you saw, um, and, and whatnot, and rookie rankings, and man, just the fall that he's taken has been un- unreal. Um, so I think to val- I think to get him here in the mid 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 to early second, um, I think it's a it's a it's a nice spot um, that you can really take a chance on him. Um, I think he's got intangibles. I think I think he's I think he's got the tools. His landing spot's not great. Obviously, year one, we have no idea what's going to go on with the quarterback situation in Cleveland. Yeah, his fall kind of reminds me of Spencer Rattler's fall. Yes. <clears throat> the Spencer Rattler, he stayed for another year, didn't he? Yes, he did. South Carolina? hmm All right, so if I'm sitting at 205 and this player's still here, I'm going John Mechie. Yeah. Uh, it may just be my Alabama truther coming out in me, but I think he actually walked straight into a role there in Houston. Um, honestly, I think this kind of helps Davis Mills out as well because it tells, the, or it tells Davis Mills that the organization is behind him. And so – uh, we'll kind of see what happens there. And plus, they'll be playing from behind a pretty good bit. So I'm sure Mitch will get some work. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like it. I've heard lots of, I've heard quite a few people say, man, Mitch, shouldn't be falling here. Mitch, should be going. Um, I, I think he's talented. I, I think he, I think he definitely has opportunity there. Brandon Cooks is still there, but I think he's definitely on the docket of, being right there and able to maybe produce um, as soon as he's healthy and ready to go. So I like it. Um, here we are, man, mid-second, and and I think I'm gonna go QB. I think I have to, um, and I, and I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go Willis um, here at 206. I think I think the I think the I think there is talent there. I think he's got some. I think he's got some. Uh, you know, he's he's got some tangibles that you like uh, to see. He's got legs. He's got a really strong arm. I, I think the landing spot. You know, we talked about how much he fell early in the early in the podcast here. Um, I think the landing spot in Tennessee though. 
it may be okay. You know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. definitely not overtaking Tannehill. Um, so, you know, you know, he does get a chance to sit, watch, learn, understand the game, understand the speed of the NFL, understand concepts, understand coverages, try to learn some of those things before he gets thrown in there and absolutely um, just ruined as a rookie. So, I, you know, I, I think there may could be a future there. You know, you just yeah. don't know because of the draft capital situation. Yep, I agree 100%. And that's a <clears> – <throat> I took him to – like I said, I took him to a four of the Yellowstone League. And it was a peak to where I, I do think that I reached just a little bit. But it was one of those where I could almost afford to because I think yep. my team's kind of coming together a little bit. Yep. Um, for me here at 207, uh, me and you talked Sunday, I believe it was, after I was coming home from church. And we were talking about these these quarterbacks. And you said, where do you see them at right now in Superflex? Um, and I said, honestly, I, I think that we take them probably mid-second. And yep. honestly, that's what I'm going to do as well. I'm going to go Desmond Ritter. Um I, th- I think it's a toss-up right now between him and Matt Corral as far as, like, who's – like you said earlier, who's going to be the more, like, earliest rise to to starting quarterback in the NFL. But unlike you, I don't have much faith in Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think he was a one, two-year uh, hit wonder, you know. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go Ritter here. Yeah, I like it. And my I was between Ritter and Willis right there, just, just to be honest. I went Willis. Uh, probably only because of the hype that he received pre-draft, right? Yeah. And and Ritter Ritter's Ritter's right there with him. I mean, he's he's got some hype. He's 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 guaranteed a Super Bowl. So man, you know, you just you know, with those kind of guarantees, you, you probably need to take him mid-second in your rookie drafts. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, you you really you and I both are really upsetting some old Miss fans right now that are listening to this by taking uh, Willis and Ritter over Corral. But just to be honest, and I'm not saying this because most people are going to know I'm a state fan. I'm not saying this because he's an old Miss guy. I like Corral, and I liked Corral going into the draft. But again, these spots where they fall so far down in the NFL draft, it's just going to be so hard for me to take some of these guys. And I don't, you know, I don't have, I'm not, you're not tugging at my heartstrings because he's an old Miss guy. I just can't see myself taking him. Uh, you know, right here um, over over any of those three um, quarterbacks. Um, so yeah. at 208, I'm probably going to take Pierce. Um, I have taken him in a draft already this year. Um, I think he was selected 53 overall um, in the second round. Um, so he he's going to be he's going to be another one of those guys who's going to have opportunity um, to really thrive with Matt Ryan and and the Colts this year. You know they're going all in. They they got Matt Ryan. They got Michael Pittman. They now have Alec Pierce. So I think they I think they I think he's got an opportunity to to put up some numbers year one here. So I like it here late second. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, he's one of the most slept on wide receivers right now. In rookie drafts, um, Absolutely. I've seen I've seen him go early third in some places. Uh, just for me, man, there's not many other wide receivers in Indianapolis behind Michael Pittman. Nope. Not any that can actually do anything. Nope. And so I like this. <clears throat> I think he's going to be a PPR machine. Yep. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go Wondell Robinson here. Uh, yep. Somebody I, I avoid in drafts just because it's the New York Giants. But then again, I kind of – I kind of like the landing spot though, because it looks to me like the organization is wanting to move away from Kadarius Tony. I know those reports have come out that he's wanting to be trade or that they want to trade him and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, but for me, with the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator going there to New York, uh, I honestly think that their offense does get turned around this year. I think it's going to be a long road ahead of them. I don't think it's instant. 
but for me, I think that they have like they're they're getting on the right track. It may be a year or two before it hits, and specifically when they move away from Daniel Jones. But here, I mean, I, I think he could very easily <clears throat> beat out Kenny Galladay. Um, I think he can be right up there as a one or two on this offense. Uh, obviously, it's going to run through Saquon, and he's going to have a fantastic year. But it's going to be one one deal. I, I'm I'm happy with Atlanta by here at 209. I know you didn't just say that with a straight face. As much hurt as Saquon has caused us all. <clears throat> so, um, oh man, I, I've I, I hated the guy, and I I don't know what it's been. But I went from having zero shares of him in Dynasty to where now <laughs> I have like four or five. You have and to, man. He falls so far these days. His value is dude. is 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 is, is kind of plummeted a little bit. So when when you get opportunities to to acquire a player like him, you just have to. So I, I can get I can I can understand falling in love with him, um, where his value is right now. But going back to Wandell. I agree with you. I think he's got opportunity there. He's. Uh, I do agree that the Giants look like they're trying to move away from Kadarius Tony. I don't know that they'll mend the fences on whatever's going on, yeah. but I do know Wendell uh, Robinson um, had a great year at Kentucky. Um, I was talking to a guy that I trust in Dynasty, and I, I was asking, you know, who should I pick here? Who, who do you think, you know? And Wendell, Wendell was one of the uh, one of my options. And and he basically he was like I hate the guy I don't like him I saw <laughs> I've seen some bad things about him and and my question to him was what are they and and why don't you like him at this spot in the draft which was around this spot I think it was late second and uh, if you just look at his numbers that he put up in the SEC competition how do you not like the guy I mean his yeah. numbers were ridiculous so I think uh, I think I think just just based off of that and then based off his opportunity that he's probably going to have uh, with the Giants and just his game, his ability to, to, to do so much damage in space and with the ball in his hands, I think he's going to have some opportunity for uh, yards after the catch. And so late second here, I definitely could see um, uh, taking a stab at him. Uh, 210 yeah, for me, I'm going Isaiah Spiller um, for the reasons that we talked about earlier. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons I said, I think definitely if you can grab him here late second, you can stash him on your roster and uh, if you're maybe maybe if you're the Eckler owner and and you got a late second here, you might he might want to be he might be a guy that you look and go, hey man, I need to uh, fill that hole in a couple of years when Eckler kind of takes the dive that we all know running backs take. And I think Isaiah Spiller, being 20 years old, man, he might be right there to fill those shoes at a at a at a at a at a young age of 22 or so. So yeah. I think you definitely can take a stab here late second. Yeah, I agree, and. Uh... I don't really have much more to add to that because we we talked about them earlier and everything that you just said, man. I co-sign and everything. <laughs> uh, all right, so this hurts me as an Alabama fan because you can see Ooh, on our sleeper app that Brian <laughs> or that uh, <laughs> Brian Robinson is the best player available. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not feeling them right here. Oh. Uh, I, I hate that, but the guy that I would choose over him somebody that I expected to actually fall in rookie drafts to the third, fourth round before the NFL drafts. But I'm going Damian Pierce. And the reason that I am is because the running backs ahead of him in Houston right now is currently Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. And so I think Damian Pierce automatically goes into some sort of role there, whoever – whoever knows what it is or whatever. But at the end of the day, man, he's going to have some work. He's going to get some points for you. Uh, once again, this is the back end of the second round. League winners are right here choosing. And so most of the time, 
they're they're wanting a running back that can produce. And if you can get a running back that can get you, man, eight points a game or eight points every now and then, like I, I see him having a very, very similar role as Tony Pollard did last year. And who knows if this dude's going to be the RB1 on the team by the end of the year. I agree with you, man. The spot, it's the, it's all about landing spot for, for this guy. And and the fact that you've got a Marlon Mack who's coming off a, um, you know, a couple years ago had the awful Achilles tear. Yep. And, and man, just that type of injury for a running back, you know, it, it's tough. It's really hard. And then you've got Burkhead who we all know what Burkhead is. Burkhead is what he is. He's, he's not going to be a bell cow. He's not going to come in and, and just and just uh, light up the fantasy scoreboard per se, especially at this at this point in his career. I know he's had games in the past where he's done well, yeah. um, and actually was a league winner last year, if, if I recall. He had some really good weeks late, but uh, you know this year I think Damian Pierce definitely has an opportunity to to, to have a role and 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 maybe even uh, that RB one role, you know, before it's all said and done. So yeah. I, I definitely agree with you taking him late here. Um, all right, so 212 to finish up this two-round uh, Superflex, 12-team Superflex, uh, tight end premium uh, rookie mock. I, I know your boy Brian Robinson sitting there, and he's the BPA. I can't do it either, man. Um, and, I, and I think there's two or three uh, guys here late second that I'm looking at uh, that I think would be worthy of this pick. But I'm going Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver um, that Dallas chose. Um, I, I like the spot for him. Um, Dallas lost receivers this offseason. Um, and so he definitely can immediately have a role there alongside uh, C.D. Lamb. Um, so I, 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 I like the spot. I think he's definitely a deep threat. I think uh, he's someone that, that can, um, you know, get down the field, big play receiver. Um, he's got great body control. He may be best suited for best ball format. Um, yeah, but again, again, one of these guys that that just has an opportunity um, to to have you know Dak Prescott, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, throwing the football. And I think uh, I think for him, he's going to automatically step into a role there because I think Gallup is going to be out for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season. Yep. Uh, following that, I think he tore his ACL last year. Was that right? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and so, just to kind of give everybody a heads up, uh, so if you're going early third, who would be some players that kind of catch your eye? We don't have to go into much details or whatnot. Just pick one one player that you think is a sleeper here going forward. I think one player early third here, I will go back to the running back, and it's Tyler Auger um, for the for Atlanta. Um, he, you know, they cut Mike Davis after the draft. And, again, I think, man, in the early third, you could take a running back here that 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 could yep. – again, he's kind of like Damian Pierce. He could be an RB1 uh, with, them cut, with them cutting uh, – Mike Davis, I know Cordero Patterson's still there, but he's he's kind of a wild card, you know. I don't know if he's is he a receiver, is he a running back, what is he? So, you know, you just and 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 also Patterson's 33, 34. Yeah, so he's old. the cliff's coming. The cliff's coming. Um so again, Algar uh, could be a guy that 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 you could definitely take a swing at here third round and, and you might hit a home run. Yep, I agree one hundred percent, man. That's the player that I would have chosen as well. Uh, just to kind of throw out another name that could be looked at here as well would be Jelani Woods, the tight end from Indianapolis. Absolutely. Uh, I know they have, Mo, yep, they have Mo Alley-Cox there. Uh, yep. And honestly, he's he's gigantic, man. He is. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, they wouldn't have spent, what was it, a, a third-round, fourth-round pick on yep. a tight end, the 6'7", 265. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that, that's another player that I would look at here. But, yeah, that's our 12-team uh, tight end premium Superflex mock draft. 
Uh, y'all let us know who you think that we missed out on. I know there's going to be some Matt Corral takes here, but that's okay. You know, you, tomato, tomato. Yep. Uh, I will tell you this, man. Hey, you should I, be happy. If, if Matt Corral falls to you in the third, you should scoop him up and oh, just 100%. hope for the best. Um, I, I think uh, I think there's opportunity there for him. I just, man, again, we talk about draft capital. We talk about what, you know, what teams are willing what – they're, what they're actually willing to let another player – uh, do and and with him falling to the third, they don't have to let him do anything except sit on that roster and wither away if he if he can't show anything else, you know, in practice or whatnot. Um, you know, when you draft them in the first, they can they're going to have to throw them in there. Um, so again, that these quarterbacks that fell in the thir- all the way into the third round of the NFL draft, there's nothing certain for these guys. Um, not saying that Corral won't get to start because. I think I don't think Darnold's great, so I think there's obviously opportunity there that he could come in and start. Um, um, so don't 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 be don't be yelling at me saying uh, Steven said Matt Corral would never start in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that his opportunity is limited because of his of where he fell in the NFL draft. Yeah, I get that completely. So uh, speaking of Sam Darnold, I just had this random thought uh in a super flex league whenever donald went on that what was it the five week tear at the beginning of the season where he was oh, yeah. so much and all if that. you had him and didn't <clears throat> sell him you need to quit i had an offer <laughs> that i sent out Stephen, that was my 23 first for sam darnold and thank god that the guy ended up rejecting it and wanted i think it was mooney on top of it oh, and man. so man i was like okay well we're, we're golden now You're um, golden. yeah but anyways, all right, man. Well, that's going to be the end of the episode. Steve, do you got anything you want to say before we close out, man? Man, I uh, just want to thank you for having me on, man. It's a blast, as always. Uh, praying for Marcus's sons and, and his family, hoping that, uh, that that they have a speedy, speedy recovery and that, that Marcus can join you again, although I'll fill in anytime needed. Um, but but we're just praying for them, uh, for a speedy recovery for his, his sons. Absolutely, man. appreciate that. Yeah, uh, man, if y'all are listening to this and want to give a shout-out or anything, follow us over on Twitter or Facebook at Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. On Twitter, it's at LOL Dynasty Pod. Uh, yeah, man, just uh, give us some shout-outs. Give us a five-star review if you want to, comment, uh, whatever it is. But we appreciate you guys, man, listeners. You guys are the ones that keep us going. And even though we're a low-budget podcast from some guys from Mississippi, we appreciate y'all and uh, just like getting our takes out there. And so, uh, anyway, this is going to be it. We will see you guys next time.